Glory to God. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful July, uh, uh, June 5th. We're in the month of June. I tell you what, church family, the year is going by like that. We, we were in our leadership meeting this past week, and they're already planning for Christmas. Can you imagine? We are moving through the year. It's June 5th. Amen. First Sunday in the month of June. And how many today know that on, I believe it's June 19th, that's Father's Day. Father's Day is just right around the corner. We've got an awesome day planned for our fathers in the house of the Lord. So mark that down in your calendars. Make sure that, that you're here and you bring your dad and we're going to celebrate fatherhood. We're going to celebrate our dads on June 19th. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. Amen. And also, uh, make sure that you write this down. We're going to be taking communion on the last Sunday of this month. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. Month of June is going to be awesome. Amen. We're going to celebrate victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody here have victory in Jesus' name? Look at your neighbors. I have victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have victory in the name of the Lord. What an awesome series we're, we're in. And today marks the last message of the series. And could I say I've saved the best message for the last, for the last of this series? Today you're going to learn the power of 153, and I want to teach it to you. Do you know that there's power in 153? And I'm going to teach it to you. We're going to get into some conversation today, and we're going to bless your life. So let's do this together. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to get into the Word of the Lord. I want you to go to St. Matthew 13. Get to verse 47. I'll read there. Begin reading there to the end of that chapter. And I want to introduce something to you today. We have been in this series... It's like that because we've been understanding what the kingdom of heaven is like. And my heart, my hope today is that in this final message, you will understand that God has empowered you to reach the world. You, right? And we say the world, maybe I can make it a little smaller. Your own house, your, uh, the people around you, uh, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, mother, father, wh whatever the context of your relationships are in your life, God has given you the victory to be victorious in every semblance of the word in all that is with, around you. And I'm going to teach you the power of 153. We're going to learn that today. And we're going to learn it prophetically. So after we read this, and in fact, let's do this now. So if you have your Bible, you're in Psalms 13. We're going to be reading here at verse 47. But let's do this. Matthew, excuse me, St. Matthew chapter 13, verse 47. So that's where you are. Stay in St. Matthew. But real quick, with your Bible ribbon, if you have a Bible and it's got a ribbon, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go to the book of Ezekiel. Go to chapter 47 and just slide your Bible ribbon there because I'm going to come back to that. I want, we're going to read something together because we're going to learn the power of 153. We're going to understand prophetically what John was teaching. And we're going to see how that relates back to the book of Ezekiel. So if you need to find it, that's why we're doing it right now. So that way when we get into the service and in the message, I could just tell you, turn over to Ezekiel, uh, chapter 47. You'll just get your Bible ribbon and you'll just flip over. You'll be right there. So Ezekiel chapter 47, just slide your Bible ribbon in there. And I'm going to read something out of there, namely verse 10. But we'll get there here in a minute. And I'm going to show you just how profound that statement is. Ezekiel 47. We're going to get into some stuff today. I pray that when we finish this message, you will see yourself empowered of God himself 
to go out and avail in the world for the kingdom of God. Right? We don't want at Harvest Point Church for you just to attend Harvest Point Church and, and think that you fulfilled your obligation in God. We want you to say, you know what, I'm going to go out into the places where God would send me and I'm going to avail, I'm going to move, I'm going to act upon the nature of the Spirit of God in me. Do I got a witness out there? So we want you to be on every bit of the word, uh, uh, sent, commissioned, sent of the Lord into those areas where God is sending you. And I know that some of you are in some areas where that need God. Somebody say amen to that. I'm around some people that need God, and I know you are too. And so we're going to believe the Lord here for an outstanding word. And I pray that your hearts are open and ready to receive it. So if you're in St. Matthew 13, I want to begin reading here. Of course, we, we ended last week uh, reading through verse 44 through verse 46. Now we start at verse 47, and I want you to hear this. And this is, of course, if your Bible has a red letter edition, or if you see these are the letters in red, this is Jesus speaking. Notice what he says in this message we've entitled 153, and, and, and you know our series title, It's Like That. Notice what Jesus says. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. Did y'all catch it? The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. Now watch what happens. That was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Somebody say every kind. Touch your neighbor and say, that means you. Everyone was gathered. Watch this. Which, when it was full, they drew it to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels. Watch this. But cast the bad away. Watch the Lord speak. Him speaking, namely, of uh, St. Matthew 24. Some of y'all know that prophetic uh, chapter that Jesus gives as to the coming at the end, right? The coming, what will the world be like at the end of the world and at your coming? That's St. Matthew 24. If you have some chance this week, you can read this. But notice what Jesus says here in verse 49. He says, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angel shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now watch. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? Now this is, this is why we've been in this series, because you need to understand all these things. But I want you to know that this is prophetic, this, this statement. Have you understood all these things? He said it before, it's prophetic, and we're going to get to that here in a minute when we get over to Ezekiel. And they said unto him, Yes, Lord, or yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed into the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Man, that's some stuff. Y'all ready to get down? Amen. I'm ready to get down like they say back in the day with the get down. Amen. Let's do this. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come into a prophetic service, a prophetic word, a rima word. That, that, that our hearts and our minds won't be gathered or, or distracted into other things. Let today's lunch be today's lunch. Let this evening be this evening. But let this moment be ours. Let, let, let this moment that's present 
be with us. Let us glean it. Let us apprehend it. Let us lay hold of this, this lesson. As Father, we want to be agents in the kingdom of heaven, sons and daughters about the business of God. And Holy Spirit, we trust you to begin moving in this house with its people and our purpose in this world. Help us to go out and do that, to give evidence of what we profess and what we know. Uh, let, us, let us be beyond the walls of our church. Let us go out commissioned and prepared into a world that we might shine the very image of Christ to all that would see us. And we pray that help as we learn today the power of 153. And we pray that, and we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go find three people that look sad. And I want you to grab them. Listen, check this out. I want you to grab them. I want you to look them in the eye, and I want you to tell them this. You have the power of 153. Go tell them. Say, you got the power of 153. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Say, you got the power of 153, baby. You got the power of 153. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. Love on them. Love on them. Love on them. Tell them, you got the power. 153. Taylor, you got the power, 153. How beautiful. I love it, I love it, I love it. You've got the power of 153. God is awesome. It's so good to see people moving around and shaking hands and hugging necks and loving on each other and embracing each other in the Lord. How many did they know you need the fellowship of the brethren? You, you, you're not going to go very far without each other. I, I always say you're not getting to where you're going without me, and I'm not getting to where I'm, I'm going without you. Amen. We need each other. Amen. Well, look at your neighbor right now and say, I need you. Uh, more than I need myself, I need you. How awesome. How awesome. Let me begin here with the principle. I pray that you'll hold on to what I'm about to share with you because I want to give to you the nature of God. I, I, I say this to you because of all the things that we might know about God, I perceive that the church has lost an essence in the Lord. And I'm going to give this to you. Our God is a good God. Will you look at your neighbor and say, God is good? Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's a good God. Uh, th th this is something that you need to settle in your spirit right here, right now. Your God is a good God. Because how you see God determines how you serve God. Could I suggest to you that how you pray 
is determined by how you view God. Our God is good. You need to know that. This is important to note because I want you to see that the goodness of God is, is, could I say, a definition of God by which he chooses to identify himself with. Do you know that there's a man by the name of Moses by which I have in this church spoken to this church many times about the man Moses who when he was called to lead the people of Israel into the wilderness, he asked God if he could see his glory. He says, I want you to go with me and the proof that you're with me is I want to see you. Anybody know this story? If you don't know it, maybe you can reacquaint yourself with it. Exodus chapter 33. Moses wanted to see God. Now, some of you know the story. God said, no man can see me and live. You can't, you can't behold all of my glory. I would sap you of all of your natural strength. But watch God. Watch the very mind of God. God said, but what I can do, if you want to see me, if you want to know me, there's something I can do. Now think of all of the attributes of God by which he could have revealed to Moses. Think of all of the uniqueness we know about God. His righteousness, his holiness, his graces and his mercies. We, we have a lot to talk about God. But what did God show Moses as evidence that he was with him? He says, I will show you my goodness. Think about that for a minute. When God chose to reveal himself... What, what characteristic did he choose to reveal? He chose to reveal his goodness. That, that, that's amazing. I mean, I mean you, you know your God could have chose to shoot, reveal himself a lot of ways, but the way that he chose, God himself said, I'm going to reveal myself to you through goodness. Uh, let, let, me, let, me show you, let me show you how how relevant that becomes in our daily lives. Watch this. Do you know that Paul said to the church at Rome, he says, do you despise the riches of his goodness? Or his forbearance or his long-suffering? Not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads men back into repentance. Do you know that God's been good to you? Oh, somebody better hear it. You better, you better acknowledge it, baby. While you have a chance, you better clap your hands and say, my God has been good to me. How many will say God's been good to me? Why don't you look at your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, God's been good to me. That, that, that is an essential nature. Do, do, do you know that the revelation of God, the revelation of God is revealed by his goodness to you? And that goodness should lead you back into intimacy with God. Let me give you the converse. I grew up in a generation where we, we thought God was angry. Right. Right. I, I grew up in a generation where the teaching behind the pulpit was, you get out of line and you just watch what God's going to do to you. You, you know, my perception of God was that he had a big hammer in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other, and he was just waiting to whack me with one of those two things. And so, so we feared the Lord uh, out of a fear that he would hurt us. Let, let me say that again. We feared the Lord and we obeyed God out of the thought that if we didn't do what he said, we'd get hurt. 
Now, now you, 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 some of you parents are in here, you know that for a while we discipline our kids, right? And, and, and how many know discipline's good? Some of you were not spanked enough. Touch your name and say, he's talking about you. So, so, so some of you didn't get spanked enough. There's a minuscule amount of you in here who maybe got spanked too much. And you know, your mother and father did what they thought was best, right? But how many know God chastens the one whom he loves? How many know God will chasten the one whom he loves, right? He chastens the one whom he loves. But how many know that even the chastening of the Lord produces good in us? And it's a revelation of his goodness. Come on, somebody. But I want you to see that there comes a time in our discipline in our kids that we hope that as they grow older and more mature, that they're going to act upon the things that we taught them apart from feeling the wrath of our own spanking or a discipline or a timeout. How many, how, how many believe that what you're disciplining your kids for, you believe it's good for them? And we pray that they come into that realization, Right? That they finally get to a place where they're beginning to act upon that which they've been taught. Because what they've been taught is good. Yeah, anybody laying hold of that? I'm trying to help you see the nature of God. That in all that he's doing for you, it is extraordinarily good. He is a good God. And he's always acting in your benevolence. How many have heard this verse before? And we know that all things work together for the what? good to them. Why does it always work out for the good to them? Because you've got a good God. Come on, somebody. Uh, You you, you know, the psalmist says, oh, taste and see. Let me say it again, because I I don't know. I don't know what, y'all must have stayed out late last night, because I could tell you, you, you're not with me yet. Let me say it again. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? We, we ought to come into the house of the Lord with our hands lifted and we're worshiping because we have a good God. And, and the danger with God is that, listen, the goodness of God can, can be so misleading if you've got a bad heart. I'm, I'm starting to teach something now. Because do you know that the Bible says, that, and this is the condemnation of the world, that light has come. But men didn't love the light. They didn't love God. They loved darkness. Now, I want you to see, listen, you've got a God that loves you. And he demonstrated that love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to catch this. If you deny that love, you're worthy of hellfire. Did I just say that to you? To deny that kind of love, to not give your heart to somebody who's given his heart to you in the way that God does it, a good God? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why wouldn't you want him? What's keeping you from entering into a full relationship with God? When the Lord has bore his heart, when he's revealed all of himself to you, what is keeping you from coming in and being in fellowship with God? His love and his goodness is that immense. That he reveals himself that way to you. Are you catching that? And that goodness should lead you back to God. Why are people running from God if he's that good? 
Why, why would you run from the best thing in your life? Why would you turn away from the thing that is actually professing your goodness? When the disposition of God is that he said, I'm going to help you. But that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So that you may boldly say, God is going to help me. Listen, friend, I, I, don't, I don't know. If, if, if you have never experienced God that way, then you need to know him a little bit better. Or, or maybe you're too immature to look around your life to see how, how really good God's been to you. Listen, God's been more than good to you. God's been really, 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 really good to you. Do I got a witness out there? Anybody here say, God's been really good, really good. Been really good to me. Been real good to me. Been real good. It's been really good to me. Been real good. Real good. You see, there's a net that's being cast. And it's catching everybody. I mean, something that good is going to catch everything. You know, I remember years ago when my mom and dad, they, 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 my dad was pastoring there in Texas City, and, and we would go out to the ocean to, 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 to just, just throw out our rods. And, and how many know when you go ocean, you don't know what you're going to catch? Right, right, right. Anybody ever been in the ocean and you, you think, it's, you, you know, you, you, you catch a shark? <laughs> you, you reel some stuff in and you say, man, I, 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 I don't even know what that is. Right. And you just cut it off the line. You throw it back, right? Because when you have good bait... See, it's catching everything. Man, I wish I had somebody this morning. When what you're using is so immensely good, it catches everything. Man, come on, somebody. When something is right, when something is good, it's attractive. When something is good and we know it's good, it has value and people want it. I mean, don't you want good things? I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, good. I mean, really good. I mean, excellent. I mean, beyond compare. When something is good, it has value. It's attractive. It draws us in. It draws in everybody. Yes, sir. You know, a net's being cast. You say, what net? It's the net of the kingdom of heaven. It's being cast. And it's drawing in everything. What, what makes the net so, so, so good and so, so immense and so, so outstanding? It's the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. It's the power of 153. It draws in everything. Listen, don't let the world fool you. They know what's good. In fact, God brought them up and they saw it for themselves that God is good. They just happened to turn away. Friend, I'm here to tell you what you possess in your life is outstanding. You know what you possess? You possess the Spirit of God on the inside of you. 
A net is being cast. Uh, let, 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 me, let, let me help you. Power of 153. Let me show you what it is. Does anybody here know there was a man by the name of Peter? Who always professed an undying allegiance to Christ. And at sundry times in the Bible, uh, Peter would go aloof and say things like, I'll never let this happen to you. Only to be rebuked of the Lord. Uh, We know that at the Last Supper where Jesus was telling him, listen, the enemy's desire to sift you as wheat, Peter. But I've prayed for you. And Peter said, that'll never happen to me. I'll never deny you. I'll die before I deny you. How many know? Peter wasn't what he thought he was. Will you touch your neighbor and say, you're not what you think you are? Well, there's a lesson right there, baby. I want you to hear this. We know that not only did Peter deny it, he denied it with cursing. And when that cock crew three times... The Bible says he wept bitterly because he knew he had failed God. How many, how many remember the story that, that while the disciples were still yet shut up, they were still hiding, that Jesus came into that room? And he said, listen, peace be still. They were terrified. And then what did Jesus do? What, what did he do? Jesus begins with the net. That's what he did. He breathed on him. What did he say? Receive ye the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is speaking prophetically. You just don't know how, how prophetic he is because he's talking about the power of 153. Now, now, I want you to see that this man, Peter, watch what he did. Uh, you know, he's, he's already seen the post-resurrection Jesus alive. He's eating fish and, and honeycomb with him. He's, he's alive. And Peter says to the disciples, I'm going fishing. And how many did they know that Peter never caught a fish in the Bible? Except at the command of Jesus. Never caught a fish. Doesn't record he caught a fish. I'm assuming he might have. But, but in all of the literature, he never caught a fish without Jesus. So I tell people, don't go fishing without Jesus. <laughs> Watch this. He tells the disciples, I go fishing. They say, we go with you. Uh-huh. All night they went fishing. The Bible says, catch this. They caught nothing. Zero. At the shoreline, there's a man standing. He asked a question. Children, have ye any meat? And they answered, no. Cast your net on the right side and you'll find it. And the Bible says that when they cast the net, That net went down, and when it reached the depth that it needed to go, when they pulled on the rope, the net began to break. The beloved, John the beloved, who's writing this excerpt to you, St. John, 1 John 1, 2, and 3, the book of Revelation, gives to you one of the greatest prophetic inferences in the Bible when he says this. That when, that when that net went down and the net began to break, John said, that is the Lord. Y'all didn't hear it? The net went down, caught so great a fish 
that the net was full, and when they began to pick it up, he said, that's Jesus. Y'all ain't heard me yet. That the net went down and the net gathered in to the fullness in that net. And when that net was full, John said, that's the Lord. Y'all haven't heard what I just said yet because I'm talking about the fullness. I'm talking about gathering in. I'm talking about casting the net and getting the net full. And he said, that is Jesus. And the Bible says when Peter heard that, he girded himself. The Bible says for he was naked, cast himself into the sea and swam over to Jesus. And if you don't think it's the point, Jesus makes it for me. This is what he said. He got to the, Peter got to the shore, and this is what he noticed. There was already fish cooking. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus don't need your fish. He has what you need. Right? There was already fish and bread going. And, and then watch what happens. Jesus could have said anything. He, he, he could have he begun to talk about uh, so, some things, some, some teaching, some parable. But what does Jesus say? Draw your net in. Draw the net to shore. And so, so I'm sure Peter tells us, bring the fish to shore. And they drug it to shore. Bible says, listen, this is odd. They started to count the fish. One, two, three, four. The net was full. Five, six, hundred, one thirty, hundred and forty, one forty one, one forty nine, one fifty, one fifty two, one hundred and Three fish were caught in the net. See, the problem is with that story is we're Gentiles. We don't know what 153 means. But the people of the day where, the, where John wrote that epistle to, they understood exactly what 153 means. They, they knew exactly who John was quoting. Do you know that John, in, in St. John, John 1, 2, and 3 in the book of Revelation, quotes of all of the prophets the most, of any of the apostles, he quotes the prophet Ezekiel the most. The power of 153. You have your Bibles? Go to Ezekiel. I'm going to teach you the power of 153. It's amazing. It's amazing. The power of 153. The, the, the power of fullness. Let me say it again. The, the, the power of fullness. Not, not two-thirds. Not 90%. One hundred, the fullness, right? The power of fullness. And brother and sister, listen, if you never get this into your spirit, you're not going to pray right. You, you, you're not going to declare right. You're not going to speak right before God and before your brethren. You need to know that you have the power of 153. Power 153. Listen, listen, when I go into the hospital room, I know I got the power of 153. I've got the fullness of God. I don't got half of God. I don't got a portion of God. I don't got a little bit of God. I don't got spirit 2.2. I got the fullness of the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that was in Jesus Christ is the same spirit that's in me. I've got the power of 153, the power of fullness. 
I'm going to teach you what John was teaching. 153 has spiritual significance. And if you don't think so, you can go to any modern or, or, or old commentators. They'll all tell you the same thing. 153 is prophetic. It speaks of Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 10. But let me give preface. Some of you may have ne maybe never read Ezekiel chapter 47. I have preached it here. This is the story, catch this, of the river of life. Do you know that there's a river of life? Oh, man, come on, somebody, help me. Do, do, do you know that the river of life runs right through heaven? Did, did you know that the river of life derives and, and originates from the very temple, from the very heart of God? Talking about the river of life. You know, I grew up in a time where we used to sing about that river. We used to sing about drinking out of the river of life. Because there's fullness. It's the power of 153. Do, do, do you know that John the Revelator declares it in Revelation 22? He speaks of the same river of life. John is trying to teach you that. Listen, do you know that Jesus said that if any man believes on him, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, the river of life. I wish that somebody get. oh, man, come on, somebody. I, I, I don't, I mean, you, you understand what I just told you, right? That, that, that out of your belly, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. Look at your name and say, your belly, baby. Look down at somebody's stomach and say, right out of there, right here, down deep, you know, right, 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 right out, right out of your gut, right, right out of your stomach, right out, right out of the essence of your body, right? Your spirit will flow rivers of living water. And I would challenge you today, I would challenge you today, if you, if you don't sense that effervescence in your life, brother, there's a couple things could be wrong. You could be quenching or grieving the spirit. Or you might not even belong to God. Because remember what this net does. It draws in good and bad. You know, not everybody in the church is good. How many know that the parable of the wheat in the kingdom is that God lets tares, weeds grow right along with us? Not everybody that says Jesus, Jesus will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Despite all the things that they think they can work in the power of the kingdom of heaven. He'll say, I never knew you. Brother and sister, the, the, listen, this kingdom is drawing everybody. Let me say it again. It's drawing. Will you say it's drawing everybody? Can I back out of my message just for a minute? Let me back out of my message. Sometimes y'all are looking at me like, like, like I'm talking crazy. And I know I'm talking of the spirit, right? So how many did they know that God said, I don't want you to repay evil with evil. Anybody got somebody messing with you? Anybody? You know, you got right now, they talking bad about you behind your back. Uh, you heard that they were scheming and, and, and trying to mess you up and mess, mess with your life and mess with the people around you. And, and, you know, God said, listen, I don't want you to repay that evil with evil. I want you to repay that evil with you see, the net's being cast. You know, our kingdom, the Spirit of God in us, gives us the ability to forgive others. 
Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm talking about casting the net. The, the, the person that you're forgiving, they could care less, but you forgive them anyway. And, and of a truth, they might offend you again tomorrow. Jesus says, forgive them again. Anybody here know what it is to have an enemy? Anybody here know what it is to have an enemy? I don't know if you know what it is to have an enemy. But, but, but you know what the Father says? If you've got an enemy, I want you to do good to them. Because the net's being cast. And there's a power in us that enables us that when somebody smites our face, our cheek, we can turn the other. When someone asks us to do something to go the extra mile, we don't mind because we can go too. Look at your neighbor and say, I can go an extra mile. I may not be able to walk an extra mile, but I can, in the spirit I can go. I mean, when's the last time you just, anybody ever been out to the track? Try to run a mile. I mean, just open up, just full speed. I'm not talking about that little thing you're doing. You know, I see people, I tell my wife, I see people on my block and they're running. I say, you should better off get a bike because you, I don't think that's helping you at all. It's hard to go too. Some of us have never even gone one mile with somebody, much less two. But the spirit... The net, the power of 153 lives on the inside of us. Now watch. I want you to see the similarity here. So Ezekiel gets a vision of the river of life. He's at the temple and a man comes out with a measuring rod. And he notices the man who is Christ shows Ezekiel, what do you see? Because I see river flowing out of the threshold of the door of God. And he measured 1,000 cubits, 500 yards. And he says, when I walked that 1,000 cubits, the water was up to my ankles. The man said, let's go further. He measured out another thousand cubits. And he says, and the water came up to my knees. He says, go, let's go a little further. And he measured out another thousand cubits. And he says, and the water came up to my loin, up to my waist. And the man said, let's do another thousand. And he says, and I began to swim. And the man asks, do you understand these things? He didn't. He said, then immediately the man took me to the shore and he showed me the shoreline. And what I saw were trees growing and blossoming and leaves and flowers. And every, every living thing was coming. It was drawing all of it to the river of life. He had no idea what he was seeing. No idea. But John teaches us the meaning. Are you there, Ezekiel 47, verse 10? This is the power of 153. 
the, 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 the modern reader of the day, the person who read this, when John quoted 153 knew that John was referencing this verse. They understood the power of 153. In Englium. Now, are, are, let, let me just read. Are, are you there in verse 10? Now, see if this sounds familiar to you. Right? See, see if this gives any recollection to both the net that's cast in Matthew 13 and, jo and Peter's reinstatement. Because how many know Jesus reinstated Peter? This is a passage where he brings Peter back into the fold. Notice what it says. And it shall come to pass. No, in fact, let me just read verse 9 so you can see it. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth. <laughs> are are y'all in the Bible with me? I should have got an amen right there. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. You see, it's gathering everything. River of life. It gathers it all. Not everything that comes in is good. If you don't know it, read this because there's some people, things, living things that'll be out in the marshes, that'll be out in the extremities. They're going to perish. Right? But every living thing comes to the river of life. He says this. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live, whether the river cometh. Ezekiel sees the river of life flowing into the Dead Sea. And it's making the Dead Sea come alive. Oh, man, somebody. Now, 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 does this sound familiar to anybody? Both in, in, the, in, in the parable that Jesus says, do you understand these things? This is what Jesus said. Do you understand what I'm talking to you about? This net, this power of 153, do you understand that? I pray that the church would. And that's what I've come to talk to you about. It's time for you to understand the fullness of the ability of the Spirit of God and what he can do. If you understand what he's trying to do, he's drawing everything. Somebody say everything. Everything is being drawn in. And it shall come to pass, verse 10, that the fisher shall stand upon it from En Gedi. Now, if you have a pen, some of you that, 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 if you were reading this in Hebrew, and here's what, I, here's what I find very interesting. If you had a Hebrew Bible, I went back. I, 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 can, I can read the Bible. I can't read Hebrew, but I, I went back to see this. From the opening word in, in Isaiah chapter 47 in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew Bible. Remember, because you know how many know that the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. If you count the very words, when you get to the word en englium, it's 153. When you get to this word en gedi, some of you, some of you listen, prophetically, en gedi is 17, which is the triangular number of 153. 
And if you don't know what triangular numbers are, you better go study it. Because when John wrote it, the people of his day understood that he was speaking of this very passage. In Englium 153, notice what it says. And it shall come to pass that fishers shall stand upon it from En Gedi, even unto En Englium. There shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of a great sea, exceedingly many. Did y'all catch that? Did y'all catch that? That sounded a little bit like the story when the disciples were counting the fish. I've heard some modern commentators say that of all the species in the Sea of Tiberias, or what they call the Sea of Galilee, there are 153 species. Friend, do you understand that you are operating in a fullness? So I've got to stop here. Watch this. En Gedi is a spring. En, en Gedi is the spring of the goat. If you don't think it exists, go to Google. You'll see pictures of people touring En Gedi in Jerusalem. It's a spring out in the desert. Because remember where this river of life is started. It goes out into the desert. You'll find it. Let me tell you what you won't find. You won't find in Englium. Nobody knows where it is. There's a spring that flows from En Gedi to En Englium. Are y'all hearing this? Could, could, could I propose to you that this is the fulfillment of the river of life in its fullness in heaven itself? Can, can, can I suggest to you that you are part of that flowing in the kingdom of God? That the river of life is flowing through you. And that what we do out in the world, whatever limitation you might think there exists, I'm here to tell you, you have the power of 153. This is the promise that God gave to us, that the Spirit of God that dwells in us, this river of life, will produce and draw in everything to itself. Somebody say amen to that. This is the power of 153. That the church has the, the Spirit of God to draw into the river of life. Do you know that in heaven, that when we're there, that nations are going to come. Listen to this. Let me tell you how powerful 153 is. That they're literally going to eat the leaves from the trees that sprout along the river of life. And the Bible says they will be healed. And they're just eating leaves. Y'all didn't hear. Do you know that we drink from the river of life itself? Jesus says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. What is he talking about? Jesus' revelation was the river of life, the power of 153. That's the well, that's the water by which we drink, that the fullness of God may dwell in us, that we may be vessels of the fullness and power of the kingdom of God. My Lord, church, we should be so much more. We should be so much more. Friend, Jesus says the net is being cast. It's drawing in everything. 
What thing have you put to the side that you don't believe God can touch or reach? What area, what, what thing, what situation, what trouble, what, what thing have you put outside of the ability of that 153 to reach out and touch? John was showing you that the net is full. It's about to tear. It's about to break. They counted it for you themselves so that you might be encouraged. 153 fish were caught to give reference to the river of life in Ezekiel chapter 47 to show you that fishers, fishermen, fishermen are going to partake of a stream that goes from En Gedi to the very throne of God? I'll stop here. I'll tell you this. In Luke chapter 5, the Bible says this is the commissioning of Peter himself. Some of y'all know this story. Some of y'all know this story. Uh, 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 Jesus asked Peter if he could borrow his boat for a moment to teach. The crowds were coming. He needed to get into a boat, into the stern. And the Bible says as, as he backed out, he was able to kind of be, uh, have the water separate him from the crowd. Jesus began to teach. And after he finished teaching, you know, the disciples had come in. They were already washing their nets. They had already fished all night and caught nothing. And when Peter comes back to the boat, Jesus says this. Peter, get your nets. Let's go cast them. And Peter said, Lord, we've already washed the nets. We've fished all night and caught nothing. He says, but at your word, I'll lower the net. I'm going to say that one more time. He says, Lord, at thy word, will I lower the net? I'm going to say it one more time for somebody because you don't know how, what I, man, this is dynamite if you'll let it get into your spirit. He said, at thy word, I'll lower the net. I'll do it. If you tell me, I'll do it. I'll lower the net. The Bible says they pushed off and Peter cast the net. The net began to sink. Yes, sir. They began to pull on the drawstring. And it was full. So full was the net that Peter called other boats alongside of him. And they began to put the fish into the boats. And their boats began to sink. Their boats began to sink. And you know what happened? When Peter saw the fullness of God, when he saw the completeness, when he saw the manifested goodness of the very Word of God, you know what the Bible said he did? He fell to his knees at the feet of Jesus. You know what he said? Depart from me, for I am a sinner. You see, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's at the word of God that fullness is manifested. It's at his very word, church family, that the, that the, that the net is cast into the sea. And friend, you understand what the sea is. The sea is the world. And the net that we're casting is the Spirit of God. 
How many of you know we can cast the net? The Spirit of God lives in us. We can cast that net over the world, and it's going to draw it in. It's going to produce. The net's going to be full. We just have to cast the net at the Word of God. And brother and sister, listen, in this series, if you didn't learn anything, I pray you heard this. You have a job to do. You've been sent of God. You're supposed to cast the net. The world has to see it. The image of God, the fullness of God in us as we go into the world. And friend, if you're not moving in that realm, if you're not doing the work of the Lord, you are quenching the spirit, the river of life that God himself says, man, listen, even the very leaves of the trees that grow along its banks will do the healing. Man, the very leaves, did you hear me? There is fullness in the kingdom of heaven. There is fullness in the spirit of God. That fullness lives in us. We have the power of 153. And I want to use it. I want to use it everywhere. My morning prayer, my disposition is this. Lord, send me out today. Anywhere you need to see me, send me. I'm going in the power of 153. John gave you that as a prophetic word. They counted it just for you. 153 fish. In England, the river of life. I don't know if anybody wants to drink. I don't know if you get thirsty from time to time. I do. But I love to drink from the river of life. Check it out. We got to go. Stand up. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. I'm going to end this series. But I pray that it's just the beginning in your life to cast that net. Brothers and sisters, hear me. I want you to Lay your hand over your, over your heart, your chest, your bosom. And I want you to say this to yourself. I have the power of 153. I'm that fisherman. I'm that fisherman that gets prophetic revelation that a spring will spring up in En Gedi all the way to En Englium. Uh, to the very throne of God. Ezekiel said, you see the water, the, the river of life, it starts from the very throne, from the very seat of God. Listen, do you know that the spirit that's moving in you is flowing from the very seat and throne of God? It's not just some random thing. The spirit's not doing what he wants to do. He's fulfilling the mind, the will, the purpose of God in you. And he's drawing you back to God. Drawing you back into the goodness of God. Giving revelation of God in your life. Brothers and sisters, it's time. It's time for you to... You, listen, if you recognize the goodness of God in every area of your life, I most certainly do. Isn't it time, like Peter, to fall to your knees and declare? Isn't it time... Isn't it time to draw your heart near to God? And you know the Spirit is drawing you. 
Why would you refuse that? Don't don't refuse that intimacy. Don't refuse that closeness. Don't refuse that proximity. Brother and sister, you are an endlium. You are 153. You are the product of the river of life. Oh, church. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that is cast into the sea and gathereth every kind. Listen, it, it pulled you in. I'm going to say it again. It pulled you in. Did anybody get pulled in by the river of life? Well, why don't you let him pull on your hearts again? Why don't you join me at the altar? If the spirit of the Lord is pulling you, come join me at the altar. If you feel the spirit of the Lord, if he drew you in, you are as bad as they come. And he drew you in anyway. Why don't you make your way to the altar?